Most people are in the process of planning their 2021 digital media strategies, myself included. This usually covers your website, technology integrations, advertising, content marketing, etc., etc. But another part of any good marketing plan is making sure that plan is cohesive with the company's revenue goals and how your leads prefer to learn about your company. After the lessons of 2020, a good marketer has to challenge themselves if they haven't already to learn exactly what is driving revenue. You can usually do this through testing, data analytics, experimentation, talking to customers, and sometimes just trusting your gut that that little marketing idea is going to work out for the best. Companies on average spend about 5 to 7% of their budgets on overall marketing goals and initiatives, but companies that are looking to gain market share estimate devoting around 12 to 14% of their revenue to marketing. So in this podcast, we're using a clip from a recent co-hosting gig I had on FreightWaves Put That Coffee Down, where Kevin Hill and I, Blythe Brumley, break down insight from a study that pulled 100 logistics professionals and how they want to be contacted by the sales teams of 3PL's carriers and more. Now, in addition to this segment, I'm also giving away one of my courses for free that covers how to audit your website. In this course, we break down the must-have features every website needs from three different aspects, the front end, the back end, and the marketing. We'll also teach you the mistakes to avoid and hopes to save you a bunch of time and money on your next project. I've been building logistics websites for more than 10 years, so this course will really help you nail down those must-have initiatives that you should have on your website. And if you haven't redesigned your website and it's looking a little old, on average, you should redesign your site about every two years. So if it's been a few years since you've gotten a website facelift done, it's probably about that time to budget in a little tweak here and there. Now to snag this free course, I'll link to it in the show notes, but if you prefer to go direct, all you have to do is add the course to your shopping cart on Freight School Playbook's website. You'll go through the checkout process, but you don't have to enter in your credit card number. The checkout process is only so the learning management system, which is the system that we built Freight School Playbook on, can register your account email you a login, and then from there, you'll be able to access the course, save your progress that's unique to your own account, and earn that certificate of completion. Now, if more than one person from your company wants to take the course, just simply have them each go through that checkout process individually. That way they have their own ID unique to them and they can save their progress that's unique to them. And then that little you know, bonus of getting a certificate of completion is unique to them as well. So using insight from that course, plus this show, you'll be able to finalize those marketing plans a lot quicker with justifiable reasons to either yourself or the executive team. So let's not waste any more time. Here is the segment covering how sales teams should contact their logistics leads. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expenses to win these expenses. I got expenses to win these expenses. I've been getting out of work. And welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sales Podcast for Closers. It's going to be a fantastic show today. Uh, my name is Kevin Hill, here again this week with Blythe Brumleaf from Digital Dispatch and Freight School Playbook. How are you doing today, Blythe? 
Doing very well. We're in the middle of, of planning for 2021. So it's my time to shine. It's I opened up a new planner this week and it's one of the most exciting times as, as I guess nerdy as that sounds. I, it, it, I really look forward to it every year, opening up that new planner. Uh, opening up that new planner. You know what's the most exciting thing about 2021 is that it's not what 2020. Is? <laughs> it is not 2020. We can almost close the books on 2020. What a challenging year, I think, for just so many. And, and I say challenging because it's it's a, a time for successes and a time for failures. And it's a time to sort of look back on what worked and what didn't work and, and how we can improve. And I think the biggest thing for me is to is to plan, but not be married to the plan as much as I, I was, say, this time a year ago, because I did a whole bunch of planning and then it went out the window once COVID hit. As, as I say, all forecasts are wrong, all plans are wrong, but some are useful. So uh, 2020 was was a year, right? It was a, a special year, uh, not in the, in the good way and, and mostly the bad ways. But what was the most surprising thing about marketing in 2020 that you didn't expect would work as well as it did, but it did? I think the the transition for a lot of creators sort of popping up on LinkedIn, especially in the logistics industry. I've I've seen it happen in, you know, years ago in sports and entertainment where there's these independent creators and they're taking their talents away from traditional broadcasting roles in in radio and TV and they're going independent. I've started to see that now happening in the logistics field and it really started because of COVID because if you think about it, everybody has to move all of their sales and marketing operations home. They have to get their webcams. They have to get their microphones. And they've started using those opportunities in order to create their own content, which is a really great thing to see because you can really start to understand what makes people tick in other sectors of the industry that I wouldn't really have known about. I, I agree totally with that. It's been a boom for, for social media, especially LinkedIn and the logistics space. Also for virtual conferences and TV, we've had a, a booming time here at FreightWaves, uh, be, really because of COVID, everyone going home, everyone consuming a, a lot of content online, virtually, conferences shut down. It gave us a, a nice, huge platform here at FreightWaves to, to broadcast out to the industry. And, you know, credit to you guys, because with that first big conference that everybody was planning on attending, I think you have it in May of each year, but everybody was attending that or planning to attend that live. And then when it moved online to be able to network with people, I probably wouldn't have networked with at the conference to be able to do that virtually. It sort of built this really great community that that we can all sort of bounce ideas off of and start new shows and, and see what works well for other people, what might not work well for us. And and make those plans accordingly and and to update your content plans, which were probably thrown in the trash as soon as March hit. <laughs> we always do, right? <laughs> we always throw those content plans in and, and race toward what's, what's actually working because we don't know back in December where we're at right now, what March is going to be like so we can just plan and then adapt. It reminds me of the, the old saying is uh, no, no battle plan meets or survives contact with the enemy, right? So you make that plan, you go out, contact with the enemy, contact with the market, and you start adapting. And so it's always really about adapting. And another thing about the virtual conferences that I thought was and still is amazing about that, it gives regular salespeople on the floor who don't get the chances to, to go to the conferences, to network, to see this, uh, see the, the, the content that industry leaders and executives present 
it gives them a, a free seat to, to watch that and also to develop a hook to, uh, to, to contact some of these industry leaders because you could always say, hey, I saw your segment on, um, we, we have a sales and marketing conference coming up in uh, late January, I think January uh, 21st, I might have that date wrong, uh, but I'll look it up in, ju in just a second where we're gonna have industry leaders in sales and marketing come in and do a one day conference. But even the big event, uh, especially the big event back in May, you got to see a lot of great industry knowledge shared, and you can use that. You can watch that anytime you want to and use that to reach out to industry leaders. And I think for a lot of people, they, like you said, they, they wouldn't have been able to go to the conference. And so it was a great aspect of, of training for a lot of these salespeople who are probably used to just sending out their message and not really listening a ton. It was a great opportunity from a marketing and sales perspective to really do a lot of listening and learning and adjusting based off of that listening. And that's what we're going to talk about a lot today is using what you learned watching all of that content, whether it's social media, virtual conferences, uh, FreightWaves TV, and being able to present that to your customers. So that's, that's a lot about what we're going to plan for in 2021. We have a great guest coming on, um, Kyle McNutt from Freight Plus, which formerly is Aborn and Company. They're going through a rebranding, so we're going to talk about that a little bit because that's always interesting. That's, that's maybe one of the most complex things you can do as a, a marketing uh, professional is to rebrand an established uh, company. Yeah, because it, there's so many intricacies involved, and it's not just you know it, it's social media accounts, it's uh, updating your your bios, updating all of the links, uh, migrating to a new website, updating all of the copy on that website, uh, making sure everything is consistent, even things like email signatures and and getting employees to adopt a new email signature, which is a nightmare. Um, but <laughs> it's one of those things where it's it's good to if you're going to spend this time of the year cleaning house and looking at you know, what is working and what isn't, it's sort of the perfect time to do a rebrand because you're getting everybody to make that switch in one jump instead of several jumps, which I'm, I'm sure it's probably not as seamless as I'm making it out to see or, or seem. So I'm sure that Kyle will, will break it down of, of what goes into a rebrand and what's worked and what hasn't worked. Yeah, it's going to be a, a very interesting conversation. I can't wait for that. But let's, uh, you know, first of all, let's thank Salesforce our monthly sponsor on Put That Coffee mm -hmm. Down. Thanks to the Salesforce, a big shout out to them. But let's dive into a, a, a study that, that we have from Jim, Bear, Jim Beerfelt, um, who's a, a consultant, and that I had on in early November for an audio-only version, about a 20-minute interview with Jim uh, about this survey. He had some really good highlights, but you have some interesting spins on the, the topics as well. So let's dive into that, Blythe. Sure. So, so from this logistics marketing advisors, the 2020 survey, they conducted it about a year ago. So keeping that in context of, of what we're talking about here, they surveyed 100 industry professionals who are on the receiving end of marketing messages from 3PLs, carriers, software companies, and other logistics businesses. So it's exactly who probably the audience of this show is wanting to talk to. They got the information. They got the lowdown of how you should be targeting your messages. And one, a couple stats that really stood out to me is 72 
82% prefer to be contacted via email. But if you're going to contact them via email, they want personalization involved. So I, I, this is kind of what we were get, talking about, you know, during the pre-show meeting is, is how do you accommodate your email marketing? Are you sending mass emails? Are you sending personalized emails? Are you doing a little bit of both? So I thought that that was really interesting that a lot of them did not prefer to be cold called, which I think is probably one of the number one ways that salespeople reach out to companies is through a cold call. They prefer to be introduced via word of mouth, via social media, and then they don't mind getting an email from you. So 72% of these hundred industry professionals prefer to be contacted via email. And I can understand that because I, I don't think any of us like getting a cold call, but they still work. Cold calls still mm -hmm. work. They're still the bread and butter of the logistics industry. And as long as they keep working, people will still keep using cold calls as well as they should because they are effective. It's a struggle. It's being down in the trenches. It's facing a lot of rejections, uh, person to person, a lot of voicemails. I've left so many voicemails in my life, I can't even... I can't even count them. Uh, I wish I had a dollar for every voicemail I, I left. I might be rich <laughs> at that point. Uh, but, but, you know, email is, is coming, you know, especially in 2020, email was a very valuable tool because no one's in the mm -hmm. office. Hard to get people's cell phones. It's hard to actually cold call them. So you had to be really creative with, with emails. And hopefully the industry got more creative than what they normally are with emails because usually email marketing, especially mass emails, cold emails, are really very poorly written, very poorly formatted. And above all else, the, the messaging is, is, is poorly given out. I, I thought that another stat that was really interesting is that they asked, you know, agree or disagree. I log into LinkedIn at least once a week. 86% of the survey respondents said that they log into LinkedIn at least once a week. And this was done a year ago. So seeing the explosion of content creators and, and salespeople on LinkedIn in logistics, and this was a year ago. So I'm, I'm willing to bet that that number has increased from 86% of the amount of people that are logging into LinkedIn each week. I, I would probably guarantee it has. And speaking of LinkedIn, I finally have LinkedIn pulled up here. Rhonda, hello. Uh, Peter Ball, uh, hello as well. Uh, Jake McLeod talking about marketing plans. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Another great <laughs> quote uh, on, uh, on that. And our, our man, Rob Bussey, over at BWS Logistics. Uh, look at all the people we would never have met if not for COVID. I was affected greatly by COVID coming out of the live mm. events industry, but I am now finishing up my fourth month at BWS Logistics. Looking forward to an awesome 2021. I really feel for all of my trade show contacts and hope that their business is starting to make a comeback in the second half of the year. I, I know a lot of people who... who who rely on live events, especially the trade shows, are probably taking a hit, but they're the ones on LinkedIn constantly right now. Absolutely. And, and that was a, a few of the other stats that was in this study is, is categories that have seen growth since 2018. And they asked what informational resources that they rely on to stay current with logistics strategies and industry news. Social media was at the top of that list between 25 to 30%. Trade shows was, were, was next with around 30%. Your website was 42 to 55%. And then podcasts had a slight growth with only 5%, but it 
is growing. Um, it wasn't even a stat that they measured before 2018. So I thought that that was interesting seeing the growth of podcasts as informational resources. But if I'm kind of reading between the lines with a lot of these numbers is that people are getting introduced to great content on social media, then they're checking out your website. And then that's an opportunity for, for marketing and sales teams to convert that audience into email subscribers. Because if they 72% of them prefer to be emailed, then you could be capturing that attention in the digital landscape through social media and then converting those visitors on your website into your email list. And I want to talk more about converting your, your leads into your, your email newsletter, your, your email subscription list in, in just a second. But I, I'm looking here at webcasts and webinars, and it, it seems to, to be pretty steady over the last six years. And why do you, do you have a, a belief of why, why that might be? I think webinars in particular are a more, uh, it, it's a more personalized experience. Uh, some, some webinar tactics that I've tried in the past and, and that I've seen other marketers try is to make the webinar not a sales pitch. Make it about providing value to the audience that is attending. And then where the real value for you is to take that content that you're talking about in the webinar, chop it up into different clips, into different posts, and then using that content to provide promote out to social media using the, when buyers or people aren't ready to buy when they come to a webinar. They're looking for information. So I think that using that tactic as using the webinar as an informational product to talk to potential leads that might come down in the future, I think that that's a better strategy to take than a webinar that maybe some of us have attended and you're pretty sure within 10 minutes into the webinar that it's just a sales pitch. I will X out of a webinar so fast if it's just a sales pitch. Provide value first and then worry about the sale afterwards, in my opinion. I, I think that, that should be everyone's opinion. It should be, marketing should be a Trojan horse in a, in a lot of ways, right? I mean, it should sneak up on you. It shouldn't be a, a straight pitch about your product. It should be about your industry knowledge, uh, market expertise, how to add value to your customers for free. And I, I think that's still the first rule of sales and marketing is, is, at, you know, is to is to send out a lot of valuable information without asking for anything in return. And you build up so many, so, so much brand value that way that the sales, whenever they do occur, whatever those prospects do come in, they are very warm. They're much easier in the closing process. And, and I think what, you make a, a really great point. And, and I think what a lot of people struggle with whenever they are hosting webinars is just to get people to show up to the yeah. thing. So what has helped me in the past is to get the registrants and then email them personally and ask them, what's a topic that you're, that you're struggling with? What's a topic that you would like to see me cover in this webinar? And when you make it more personalized, those people are more likely to show up because you're personalizing it for them. So I, I think that that's that's a tactic that has really helped, not just from a content production standpoint, but also genuinely listening to what people want to hear from you and what they're struggling with. I think that is so much of best practice. I never really thought about doing that on webinars until Joe Lynch told me a couple months ago he was going through that same thing. And I was like, wow, that is such a good idea. And now you, you're telling me now too, you know, great minds think alike. And Absolutely. And I can tell because, I mean, why, why do a webinar if it's not tailored around what the people that are potentially going to show up want to hear? You know, it's I like mean, any it, content it, that you do. 
And it resulted in close to 80 percent of, of the registrants, 80 percent of those people showed up live and they were actively listening. And then from that, I was able to cut that show up into 12 different clips on social media and provide that value additionally outside of just the webinar. So so that's, you know, a couple like distribution hacks that, that you can employ in, in your own tactics moving into 2021 is actively listening, asking questions, and then letting that sort of form your content plan moving forward. You're exactly right on that. And uh, well, number one, Dooner's listening to us. He's making fun of me on LinkedIn. I'm not quite sure for oh, no. what, but <laughs> he's just making fun of me. But uh, we have Peter Bowley. Uh, he's a retired senior strategic procurement manager. And uh, going al along with webcasts, same can be said for canned PowerPoints, where all they do is pitch by replacing the recipient and company name without regard to the company's needs or industries. So PowerPoints have the same problem with, with uh, so some webcasts. Or w any content that you have that you're just pitching your product, uh, you're going to have problems with. It's just it's just a bad way to do business. You, you, you've done all of the hard work. You've got people to pay attention to your offer. You've got people to sign up for the offer. You've got them to attend live. And then that's the route that you're going to take with your content. It's just not something that I would do. Uh, it, it's it's per, seeing you want to be able to see the forest for the trees and, and being able to look at it from a high level view of what can I do with this content out out after this webinar is over, after this show is over, even with a lot of the PDFs and, and the way that you present them, make it personalized, make it about them. It's not about you. It's about them, it's not about you. Uh, when you make it about you, or yeah, if you make it about you, then it's what they call manufacturer's copy. No one cares about how old your company is or all these facts and figures. They all always just care about them and you're, you're making the mistake uh, of talking about you. We have a first-time viewer here, Casey uh, Tagarian from Blazing Logistics. He's a CEO over there. So Casey, nice. thanks for joining us today. Okay, so uh, yeah. what's our next, next, next talking point on this survey, Blythe? So the next talking point on this survey, I think it just kind of circles back to a lot of the, the ways that people prefer to be contacted in order to learn more or discuss a project that you may have in mind for that prospect. And the inquiry trigger was recommendations by a colleague. That was 27% of the respondents that's preferred. How they find out about a new project is from the recommendation of somebody else. And then the next one is relationship with that salesperson. So if you're actively working in sales, 16% of the respondents said that they want to have a prior relationship to you. So I think it sort of hints back to that content creation and, and really taking you know, some of your sales calls and publishing them live, um, taking some of that information that you gather through your sales calls and saying, this is what you can expect if you were to hop on a call with me. So people know what to expect before jumping into it. Uh, the next one on the list is internet search results at 15%. And then we go into sort of trade shows, uh, reputations, things like that. Um, also industry media was another big one. So I think it sort of just hints back to, you have to make sure that you're out there, that you're, con that you're creating regular content, you're publishing it to social media, because then that creates that word of mouth, which word of mouth, that was the number one thing from this study is word of mouth has and probably always will remain undefeated. And so if you can capture that and develop those relationships early on, it makes your sales cycle turn from maybe six months 
to five days or even a day. So as long as people are becoming familiar with you, I, I think that there's still a lot of missed opportunities with content creation that you are, you're not developing it to get 20 leads knocking down your door tomorrow. You're developing it in order to establish those relationships for people who are going to be reaching out in six to 10 months. Yeah, it's all long term, right? If, if you think short term all the time, you're going to fail and you're going to fail right. badly. It, it's got to be long term plans. Long term lead generation is that sustainability on that. So the, 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 that's the most important thing. I, th I think that's, that's what a lot of salespeople, a lot of marketing people mistake. You know, everyone's looking for this month's numbers. Well, if, if you didn't do your prospecting or your content generation or however you're, you're getting leads three months ago, you're not going to hit this month's number. And if you do just things that you can to hit this month's number, then you're going to be in the same position next month. And it goes for marketing too. I think for a lot of marketers, you're stuck in sort of the old way of thinking where you just need to get a certain amount of MQLs every single month. And what does an MQL look like from a data perspective? It's, you know, ebook downloads. That's one of the bigger ones. It's get a demo. And while I, I know that get a, get a demo is, is sort of the holy grail of marketing, Ebook downloads are famously low for conversion rates. So what's happening is that these marketers are tied to these numbers. They're sending those leads that are not going to convert over to sales. And then sales just sort of becomes frustrated with the process and they don't want any more of these ebook downloads. So it's a good time of the year to, as if you're marketing or sales, to look at where those leads are coming from and how they're ultimately converting, because that can help you determine your budget and where you should spend your time and energy for next year. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that clip of my guest co-hosting gig on Freight Waves. Put that coffee down. And if you're new to my show and like what you've heard, make sure to hit that subscribe button because we've got a ton of more great content like this coming in the pipeline. So think more interviews, insight and stories from in and around the logistics industry. You can also hit up the Digital Dispatch website for information on our services and products. And don't forget to snag that free course on FreightSchoolPlaybook.com, how to audit your website. January is made for SWOT analysis, and this course will help you identify those strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats a lot faster. But until next time, my name is Blake Bremley, and I will see you real soon.